there are things that you can do, even, even if you don't have good soil, even if you can't buy the good soil and you, and you have got just some soil and this is the soil you've got because it's sold out. Well, there are things that you can do. You can You're listening to Food Integrity Now with your host, Carol Gervais. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. I'm Carol Gravet. I'm the host of the show. I'm also a certified holistic nutritionist and a life coach. And at Food Integrity Now, we think it's important that you learn about what is happening in our food supply so that you can make healthy choices for you and your family. We also offer a lot of information about the many health issues that are affecting us these days with the onslaught of toxins in the environment and the amount of stress everybody's dealing with. So check out our blog and you will see almost 200 shows and articles that are there just to assist you with your health. So thanks for listening. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes under Food Integrity Now. And finally, don't forget to check out our health store. All of the products that we represent and sell are only high-integrity products that we thoroughly believe in. Thanks for listening, and thanks for supporting Food Integrity Now. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Matt Powers. Matt is on a mission to empower people everywhere to live more regeneratively. Matt is an author, educator, seed saver, gardener, and entrepreneur focused on radically transforming the entire K through 12 education system and the collegiate system, such that it aligns with regenerative science, natural principles, and permaculture ethics, earth care, people care, and future care. Matt is a former public high school teacher with a master's degree in education and is the author of the first government-accredited permaculture curriculum in North America, which is fully cited, peer-reviewed, and aligned to national standards. And his work continues to spread in schools, colleges, and universities globally, with over 16 books with translations in six languages and nine online courses. Hi, Matt. Welcome to Food Integrity Now. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about gardening today with you. Oh, me too. I'm really looking forward to talking to you today to discuss gardening. And I know a lot of people are planting gardens or buying greenhouses to do gardening. And I think there's a lot of first-time gardeners out there. So I want, to, I want you to talk about, you know, more from an elementary standpoint um, of gardening. And I think that'll be really good, especially for, for those people. But first, let's talk a little bit more about you. Can you tell me how you ended up? And I think it's important that you explain to our listeners what exactly permaculture is. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> permaculture is simple. It's earth care, people care, and future care. And it's these three ethics 
that are overlapped in our actions and behaviors. So if we are caring for the planet, caring for the environment, caring for nature all around us, and at the same time taking care of people in a way that sustains itself and gets better over time, regenerative in other words, then that is what permaculture is. So it's partnering with nature and it's finding the benefit for everyone involved. It's a beautiful and hope-filled and inspiring perspective. And in many ways, it's very liberating because it gives you solutions to often the most paralyzing problems of our world. For me, I was a bass player and I was a traveling, nationally touring musician and I became a substitute teacher to be at home more, to be with my wife who is a multiple time cancer survivor and to be with our, our young family at that time. And this was over a decade ago, but I became a teacher because I had to. And at first I just was like a glorified musician, like teacher. And I would go in there and like bring my guitar and everything. But I soon became really aware at, of, of how cheated our children are of an actual education. And I soon, and I went to NYU. I've got a, uh, an, an English lit you know, degree from there, read all those books. Um, but I didn't have the understanding, didn't have the heart of a teacher. And as a young parent, seeing what was going on, it, it triggered something in me and changed me fundamentally. And maybe epigenetically, my mom was a teacher. She was actually the one who created the first middle school special education curriculum in all of New York State, and it was adopted into law while she was still a student teacher. Um, and her mom was also an English teacher. So th th there's this, this thing that probably, you know, got turned on at this point in my life. And I just fell in love with teaching and helping and serving. And I, at the same time, I was trying to, you know, address this whole cancer thing. We got into the Gerson therapy. We went like, vegan raw vegan we like tried everything and i became very quickly like apparent to me that i as a high school teacher in the sixth most violent county in america I, I was not going to make the money to have that kind of lifestyle and so i was like i've got to do this this is my wife this is the mother of my two boys we we are a family we're going to stay a family i do not accept a cancer, I do not accept it. And so we, we've, we've fought cancer, we've beaten cancer, I think six times now, seven times, depends on how you count. But <clears throat> she and our family are determined to figure these things out. And so we, I started gardening and you know, I had that first year luck and then the second year I was awful because I had used up all the nutrients in the soil profile and <laughs> I didn't understand any of that. And, and, and I had a, like a harsh, like upcoming, you know, cause I just, I just knew that like, I had to figure this out and, and it was 140 degree soils. It was 112 ambient, but when you've got bare soils that are dark, they magnify their heat and they're a thermal trap. 
And so the soils were getting up to 140 degrees. Where were you living? This is Madeira County, right above okay. Fresno in the foothills of the South okay. Valley. Okay, it gets so, hot there. Like we've got all that toxic air from the valley rolling up onto the foothills all the time. We've got almost everyone's like child is born with asthma. Um, the soils are bulletproof in summer and there's deer everywhere because not only do we have Yosemite National Park and the national parks, we are in a, we're just in this thriving ecosystem with so many deer, so many animals that just come and eat your chickens, come and eat your garden all in one night. And that's the story I was told. And so I had to kind of like break through another ceiling, you know, break through another, because I, you know, I had to break through myself to become a good teacher. I had to break through expectations and my wife and I both had to break through our, all of our expectations to, to beat cancer multiple times. And to figure out gardening, it was another one of those things where it was like, you know what? Now is not the time for doubt. We're gonna figure this out. And with faith, we, we stepped into it and I, and I found permaculture. And it was the thing that allowed me, it was the lens, it was the understanding that allowed me to like trick out my whole garden system such that I was getting shoulder, like reaching your arm deep into the shoulder deep soils within months. Wow. Let's say I'm a first time gardener. So I think most people, they, they, mm -hmm. they, go to Home Depot or their garden center and they bought, buy some soil and compost and maybe even plants or seeds. So let's start with the soil. What do you think they're truly getting when they go to a Home Depot and let's say they buy, um, you know, a bag of compost there, you know, one of those big bags. It, it can be a bit confusing, a mm. little daunting. Um, mm. I'm mainstream stuff here. So they buy organic compost. Uh, first, two questions. What are they really getting? Second question, is it really organic? Well, that's a really great question because let's just take, let's just go from even further out. What are most of the composts made out of? Most okay. of the compost at Home Depot or your local garden shop or, or landscaping shop are wood chips or all the uh, landscaping waste that's been brought somewhere. It's been uh, chopped up to increase surface area so that it breaks down faster. And then they do it at high heat and break it down in these long rows called windrows with a machine. And it's very like specific, it's very industrial. And as we all know, when you go big, certain things, you know, bounce out of the wagon, right? Right. And so there's no sophistication to it. It's really woody. The biology on it is sometimes is very minimal. And so this is the kind of compost where you put it on and then a few days later or weeks later even that you've been watering it, you notice that like the top layers become this like woody mulch and you're like, huh. And it's almost like you've been watering off the, the humus, the black substance, the carbon, 
and it's been revealing the undigested carbon beneath it and you got just a lot of carbon and for that to continue breaking down it's going to steal the nitrogen which is which is critical to your to, to growth and that's why people use manure that's why people make cover crops happen um it's critical to photosynthesis so okay. i would always always go and look closely at the ingredients because and and also if you're allowed to look at it because you know you actually do know with your natural senses the difference between these soils and if you have the opportunity to smell look at and feel the different composts you will choose the richest one out of instinct the darkest the richest smelling the most complex aroma the best you know structure your eyes your hands will tell you so i know everyone's going to have different composts at their at, at their local shop but i always would say that look at the ingredients you're going to want something that has mycorrhizae in it you're going to want something stuff like kelp in it uh, maybe even maybe even um like uh organic manures that are in it but for the most part you can look at the look at the product and figure out what goes into it now the whole organic thing is is a tree in a forest organic are the cl yeah. clippings that we're taking off of the trees next to the neighbor who sprays organic are you know um is kelp that grows in the ocean organic these are the gray areas uh that we have not stepped into and in fact we've stepped away from in organic certification it's really important to understand that organic is simply a government certification program that has been you know open to tinkering by politicians and special interest groups and the exactly. original intention of those standards and they were kickstarted no doubt they were grassroots raised up by people we know and love who are still you know fighting the good fight out there but but it's not what it, what what it once was so it's really important that we we say you know regenerative organic it's something that's going to make things better and better over time because that's a very specific um bar that's being set the regenerative organic standard and it's new but your garden you want it to get better every year you want right. it to be based around soil and plants and animal manures because in our current world this industrial system they constantly lose things on the journey yeah so i would say you know we're in an emergency situation look at those soils and guess what let's say you 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 kind of ha obviously have a crappy soil like or compost that you have and you're worried about it well there are things that you can do even even if you don't have good soil even if you can't buy the good soil and you and you've got just some soil and this is the soil you've got because it's sold out well there are things that you can do you can go on amazon and buy em em-1 there are effective microbes and they will change the biology in the soil inoculate the soil and digest things that are out of balance 
and create them, turn them into different forms. So that's a product that's on Amazon. It's probably at your local um, hydroponic store, probably at the local gardening store, probably at the local hardware store if they're in a, you're, you're in a, a, a really amazing area. But it's very simple stuff. It's biology that's facultative. It can be in anaerobic or aerobic environments. And it is life that will help the soil progress. Yeah, and, and then the other thing is you can, you can actually use the plants to inoculate the soil. Because the plants, they put out so much exudates. They're, they're, they're this stuff that comes out of the roots that come from the photosynthesis, and they're mostly sugars. There's some other things in there, no doubt. But it's mostly sugars. And they're putting them out into the soil profile, which is carbon. Sugars are carbon, and so that's what makes the soil black, right? Yeah. But it's also the thing that feeds the microbes and they call in the microbes that they like. So when you plant a great diversity, you actually are creating a great diversity in the soil below. And that was one of the secrets to that early garden, uh, my, my, that, that early uh, soil explosion gardening experience was that I would gather all my seeds and I'd put them in a bowl and I'd mix them all up. And I knew that, you know, not all of them would grow. I knew that, you know, not all of them would, would be able to outcompete the others. But I did it anyway, knowing that that competition would do something. And it did. And they put out so many exits. When they're panicked, they put out even more. And, and, they, and they compete. And you can go in there. You can thin. You can, you know, chop and drop weed, which is, creates mulch for the bigger plants. There's yeah. so many different, easy, simple stuff that you would have just thought of on your own if you had had years of doing this. So Matt, where I live, I okay. live in a huge equestrian area, lots of big ranches, lots of horses. So I know that a lot of people up here use the horse manure for their compost. And my question is, uh, because some people, uh, because of what they're feeding their horses, they, I, I would say not very many people feed their horses organic food or they spray Roundup on their property. So is that worrisome when you're using that manure that is not organic? It is, and that's why I recommend EM, because it's a fast, easy pathway that we can control and, and treat these soils and these issues. Um, hot composting is another one, but in general, what we've realized is that, and, and this, is, this is fascinating, we, there's no certainty with this, but there is a microbe, this part is certain, we don't know where it comes from, but there's a there's a a series of microbes now that take apart glyphosate in 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 the soil, and there is now this huge debate whether that's an adaptation or was always there in nature, and and people are pulling that all different directions if it's always there in nature. Um, I mean, yeah, and so the, the actual chemical formula for taking this apart 
is very similar to a lot of the things that happened in the upper atmosphere where um, formaldehyde's created. Um, it's actually a very common pathway for breaking down substances. Uh, so what we really need to do is we need to combat all of these negative things by starting and then shifting over to organic, regenerative organic, and not using sprays at all because we have great alternatives that are that are biologically um, helpful, actually. Yeah. And we now understand we understand the biology of the plant. And if you've got problems with your plants and need to spray, oh dear, well, let's go back to your soil. Let's go, you know, back to the seed you were using and start over because you are, you messed up there. And, and that's why I really think that for many of us, the composting issue is an at-home issue. You can go and buy it because it's an emergency and you need to get started, but you're always generating compost. All the kitchen scraps that are, uh, or, or, or like uh, plant matter, um, even the, the meat, the bones, all those things can go into Bokashi. All those things can go into a biodigester and you could use that, um, that methane off of that as your, your range for cooking. I made bone broth with my biodigester this week. And huh. we all, in our own way, using what works for us, you might be like, I'm in an apartment. I need to do this with worms, thank you. And that's fine. You can get worms online and order them too and they'll come in the mail. And you can start by creating your own rich, black, trustworthy material to add to that soil that you're like, I don't know how great the soil is. Well, when you add worms into soil, they take down heavy metals. Their digestion takes down you. When you add biochar, go get some biochar to mix into that soil. You, um, you actually reverse the effects of Roundup reverse effects of heavy metals, because it's, it's a magnet and it rips molecules. Is that a product, Matt, that biochar? Is that, is that what people would look up? Yeah, you, it, there's, it's not a product name, it's everywhere. Biochar is simply char, like wood or kelp or other, like even in hemp stocks they do now. But uh -huh. what it is, is it, it's, it's a burn that was arrested in the middle of a fire so that it doesn't turn to ash. And it's that crumply black char that we all know playing with since we were kids. But that stuff holds incredible amount of water and it traps heavy metals, it cleanses water, and it becomes habitat for life. But you have to make it bio char. So you have to combine it with your compost. As you're making compost, um, it helps actually the breakdown of the food and the plant matter quickly too. Okay. But it needs to be inoculated with the life because if you just take it and just add it to something, it'll pull from that, right? And it'll cleanse it in its own way, but it, it, <laughs> it, it will also like pull all the uh, humus out of like a natural area if you're not um, careful. So it has so, to be mixed with your compost is what you're saying. Yes. But okay. it's also a way we can cleanse the compost because as you, as you and I know, not everyone can get everything right now. And right. we want to make sure that they're safe. We want to make sure that they're starting on the right foot and that they can do this all themselves. You can be you know, taking wood in your backyard in the, the fire pit 
and burning it almost until it's ash or if it's thick wood you're gonna have to have ash on the outside for it to be um charred on the all the way through unfortunately that's why you have to get them smaller pieces ideally yeah but we can make all these things you can make that compost you can even make the em my book the permaculture student too has home recipes and ways to even scale up em that you buy say that name of your book again because i i know our listeners are going to be interested into home recipes and and just uh tell them how they get that book i have my two most popular books as free ebooks on my site thepermaculturestudent.com conveniently they're called the permaculture student 1 and 2 <laughs> okay and and i believe it's a human right i'm trying i've been trying to get this and i've been getting it into schools universities all over the world and all over america and my books and programs are the first accredited by a government body in north america yeah that's wonderful and yeah and so i really i mean i'm just following the tradition you know the the legacy of my mom and my grandmother in many ways and i really believe that this knowledge especially right now needs to be in the hands of everyone and yeah it's not about i profit. agree it's about love it's about care yeah so can you i have a question uh from one of our listeners they wanted to know can you do a compost bin in your garage without sunlight? Uh, I happen to know who this listener is and they live at pretty high elevation in Colorado. Yes, absolutely. You can do it inside. Um, it's, it's going to generate CO2. Um, it's going to, so you could um, have plants in there with it. If, and it's gonna generate heat. So those plants also would benefit from that. You could turn it into a multiple benefit. It doesn't need the light. Um, it, it actually prefers it to be dark. That's why if you look at Elaine Ingham's piles, if you look at the Johnson Sioux compost method, they're always tarping it. And it, that traps moisture too and saves you on water. But yeah, absolutely dive into doing it indoors. People in apartments are doing it. They're making wonderful compost everyone can do this and it's not hard and i'm here to tell you the moment you begin you will fall in love with it once you do once once you start doing it right because as soon as you do it right the satisfaction level is incredible and i want to recommend someone that's not even my website but something that when i learned about it was a game changer if you have organic matter to share and you're like, I can't compost in my situation. Or if you're like, I don't have enough com to compost in my situation, give me scraps, give me everything. There is a website called makesoil.org. And it's an organization, it's free, it's set up so that you sign up and say, hey, I live here or this is my drop site and drop off your organic matter here and I'll compost it. And it's just, it's just a community uh, connection and everyone should be on there so that we can start making those connections. The people that physically can't compost, all their organic matter can be turned into soil. The people that don't have time, they still can participate. And the people who are like, give me the ability to do this, I am ready, they can be empowered. Make that's great, that's, that's great. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about compost. And so again, I'm going to, I'm going to speak like I am a first time gardener, and I don't know a whole lot. And I go to Home Depot, and I see plants and I see seeds. And uh, since I live in California, I'm thinking I, I'm going to choose the seeds because I have a longer growing season. Tell me what I'm going to get when I buy the seeds there. If you go and buy the organic seeds, that's, those are the ones to get. If the organic seeds have sold out, I would, I would do something clever like use the EWG's Clean 15, honestly. You know what I mean? I would, I would, I would, I would avoid the crops that are, are the dirty, the dirty 12 or the dirty 15, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and I would steer for the clean, I mean, in an emergency, right? You don't have Mm -hmm. organic seeds at your local Home Depot per se. And I would, I would steer like that. And then if, if there, there was no seeds and there's only plants left, I would get a mycorrhizal inoculant and I would get kelp, liquid kelp. And, and also, you know, we'd be doing the compost, um, mm-hmm. but those two things would make it so your plant, even if it's some root bound plant, would have such an incredible better chance. Because when you foliar feed through like a, a kelp spray with like a little um, sprayer on the end of your hose with a, a, a vessel to hold the liquid and mix it for you, yeah, um, it, they're called clicking sprays, you actually feed the plant all these trace elements in and and also ma- major um, nutrients that they rely upon into their their actual um, stomata into their leaves into and it and that 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 can absolutely change a plant almost instantly and so foliar sprays having that can totally change everything and it's it, when you want to get a little bit more clever and complicated with your your preps and everything it makes it go through the roof when you've got one of these sprayers. So, oh, that's wonderful. so I, would say, I would say do those things in, in the emergency and then let's go to look at those seeds. So I would be getting, I would be getting all the seeds that I could. I would be getting all the variety that I could of the organic seeds that were there. I would, I would also understand that the local seed companies, um, the, almost all of them are not like spraying and they don't get certification because they can't afford it. So if you know someone who's like a mom and pop local, you know, seed thing, um, you can even call them up and ask them and half right. the time they're, they're, or even more than that, they're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, yeah and you can get online and, and search places that maybe you're familiar with, you know, personally, I like um, Baker Creek. And because I know that they, you know, how they care for their, their seeds. And that might be just as easy to get online and order your seeds. And actually, it's easier now than going to your Home Depot. Rareseeds.com is that company. And I used yes. to be a spokesperson for that company. And I actually... I'll sh- shake the seeds in front of the microphone. I've got their seeds right in front of me right now. I've got Mortgage Lifter, Kellogg's Breakfast, and the Napa Chardonnay. Um, so I, I am 100% a huge fan. And that's exactly to the point, is that 
Baker Creek doesn't have organics like certification because they're one of the few seed companies that actually will work with people like me, who's a small seed grower that is growing organic, but doesn't have the certification so that I can sell directly to the public through them as a seed grower for them. And it's totally regenerative organic. It gets permaculture seed that they were selling my, my Hosantle red Aztec spinach when they were selling it. But, but like that's, that, that's the, the reality. So knowing these companies, Territorial Seed, Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds, um, Native Seed Search, Seed Savers Exchange, they're wonderful. They're, they're very similar in how they have um, individuals that you can literally write a letter to and say, you know, I bought these beans from you. And they threw this unbelievable, like crazy variation. Can you tell me about it? And they will. So I would, I would open yourself up to the, the wide array of seed companies that are, are out there that are amazing. Wonderful. So I have another question from a listener who says, um, and they, they grow organically. Uh, they said, but what can I do to combat bugs? And I know that's a general question because it doesn't talk about what specific bugs, but is there something generally what you could do or can you define what the problem is if they're having, like, let's say, like a lot of ants or bugs that are eating their plants? Yeah, so that's because there's incomplete photo, uh, photosynthesis and incomplete protein synthesis. So bugs actually can see the ammonium leaking out of the plant from miles away. Not all bugs, but certain bugs. And because they see an infrared. And so th those, those two levels of plant health have directly to do with minerals. So they, they require specifically adequate levels of magnesium, iron, manganese, nitrogen, phosphorus, sulfur, molybdenum, and boron. And like we talked about before, if you have kelp, it's going to have a wide array of those. You can spray it directly on the plant where it's photosynthesizing right now in real time and have it absorb. You can even mix some EM into there and EM will go into the, the, the phloem of the plant, into the living tissue of the plant and inoculate it. And there's actually nitrogen fix, fixation that happens in the leaves. It's called endophytic. It, it, there's incredible things that we're just discovering about plants and soil right now. And that's why I'm writing books about these things. <laughs> yeah, that's but, great. But basically, I would, because all plant matter has all essential nutrients, you know that adding compost hits all those buttons. So you have healthy compost that's from plants, not wood, right? Right. Like, like the variety of plants from a garden or something like that you'll have everything. That's why that garden mulch, that every year at the end of the year, when you're chopping and dropping and taking it all out, is so valuable because it has all these nutrients in it. And I would get kelp and maybe kelp and fish emulsion. There's organic uh, kelp and fish emulsion. And if you mix that with EM for, like in a container I have behind me right now, for a day to two days, it will change the nitrogen 
into amino acids, which are readily available to the soil roots and to the soil biology. They absorb it. There's no energy loss in absorption, which is also, which is a big deal. And so suddenly your plants have all those things to have complete protein synthesis, complete photosynthesis, and they become resistant to insects. They become, they, they become incredibly healthy. And so, and, and then from there, the, the next levels of health all have to do with making sure that that compost is rich with life and the soil is rich with life. So I would say always go with compost get the best compost possible, and also um, do foliar sprays. Amend the plant that's living in real time with things that are soluble um, and things that you unlock with like EM. Yeah, oh, that's wonderful. I think uh, our listeners have a lot to, to work with now, and I really appreciate all this great info. And, uh, you know, as it seems complex, but it, it's like compost will fix it all. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's great. And I know that our food is only as nutrient dense as our soil is. So if we, if we have soil that's not very nutrient dense, it, our plants aren't going to be, and what we eat is, they're not going to be that nutrient dense either. So what, what you're saying makes total sense. It's all about the soil, it's all about the compost, and, and then we get that in our plants and then we, we get the benefits from that. So that really, that really makes a lot of sense. So um, I know that some of our listeners are, are at high altitude and they're they're using a greenhouse and so everything you said today pretty much applies the same to plants in a greenhouse it's still all about the soil and the compost so i can get i can give some advice on greenhouses i've been working okay, great. greenhouses for years and, okay. and there's a there's a there's a few different things to think about when we're in a greenhouse number one like CO2 to oxygen ratios. If you've got a sealed space filled with plants, they're going to run out of CO2 very quickly. If you could have compost happening inside there too, you would give it the CO2 that it needs. If you had um, like a biodigester and you're like maybe burning that, that, that methane for heat. What is a biodigester, Matt? What is a biodigester? Is that an actual product? Yeah, I have a home biogas biodigester 2.0 unit out back and it put all my scraps that I can't compost in it and I it makes methane gas it anaerobically digests below and I cook with the gas that's on top just like in in London or no no in Britain they've got places where all the the gas that they're, they're using on their cooking ranges comes from the, the methane from their trash and from sewage. And it's like, that's, that's what they use. And so it's like, we could do the same exact thing and make it a lot simpler, more elegant and, and, and more focused. And so it's not like everyone's garbage, you know what I mean? It's, it's actually just plant material. It's just animal, meat, fat, bone, 
and it's all being turned into an effluent that you can combine with biochar and EM and then use again as a, as a plant and soil amendment. And where can you, can you actually buy one of these someplace? And if so, where? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, I was um, fortunate enough to get mine um, directly from, from the folks because we, we did like a, a, a trade. I love, I love trading. Um, but they're, they run about $600 and they, they're incredible. And it, you know, it's funny. I didn't use it because I, it, it, you fill it up with water and then you add cow manure to it. So you basically are creating a rumen so that you've got this portable digestion. You use fresh manure so that it has all the biology from the inside of that cow. And then you put it in water and let it sit for a while and, and, and keep it warm. And within a few weeks, it's, you just can feed it and it digests everything that you feed it just like a cow digestion would. It's fascinating. Oh, cool. And, and is there an actual website where people can go? Yeah, let me find that. Uh, it's Home Biogas is the company. Home Biogas? Yeah, homebiogas.com. Okay, great. So if, you, if they want to learn more about that, they can go to that website. That's great information. I think it's fascinating too. Because all of us are now thinking, oh, well, there's high winds this year in California. They're saying that it's drier this year than it was in, 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 for, few, for the past few years. And the fire dangers are very high. So we're all going to see much more cautious power outages. And that means that we're going to have to have generators or alternative gas, uh, you know what I mean? So that we can, we, can, we can keep our lives going. And this is a wonderful tool to do that. Oh, great. Uh, I have one final question from a listener. Is there uh, a way, you've given us a lot of information how to make your soil better? you know, with all these uh, EM and kelp and, and all of that. But is there some way you can measure your soil in the beginning and then kind of track it? Is, is there a nutrient density measure for your soil? Yes, um, you can get your soils tested. You can get them tested for the basic minerals and you can see what's there. But a lot of times that's not gonna tell you what your plants are getting. And so okay. the microbiology unlocks all the minerals that are found within the soil profile. And you know, it's been said that all soils have everything um, that a plant needs to grow. And while that is true of you know, all the agricultural soils of the world, uh, some of us are on you know, sandy, you know, like areas that are just mm -hmm. oxygen and silicon. You know what I mean? I mean, like that's what sand is, right? Right. And so we, we, we really have to bring in that compost um, to provide the minerals, the structure, all these different things, because it's not only gonna have the life, but it's gonna have the minerals and nutrients in the plant matter that they've broken down and turned, and we talk about how it's humus, we talk about how it's carbon, but they're carbon chains. And along those chains, all those other nutrients are attached. 
Okay. Well, this has just been wonderful information. Can you quickly give me your website again? And this is a place they can go for more information and to get uh, one of your free eBooks. So why don't you give that to our listeners? Absolutely. If you go to the permaculturestudent.com, I've got free courses. I've got Your Best Garden, which is a beginner's gardening course that's free. And I've also got how-to recipes that are beginner level and the Permaculture Student 1, which is also on there free. And the Permaculture Student 2, which has more advanced recipes for people who you know, want to take on those challenges, want to do those higher level preps. And it's all there. And you know the reality is even the most advanced stuff is knowable, is doable. And so that's the beauty of permaculture. We're showing care and it's partnering with, with nature, which is just so diverse, so many different pathways to achieve the same goal and humbling with its simplicity and complexity all at the same time. It is so rewarding. So ah. go to the permaculturestudent.com, download free books, take free courses, and just get started. Oh, that's so exciting, Matt. I, you know what I love? I, I can hear the passion in your voice about what you do, which is just so wonderful. So thanks, Matt, for being a guest on Food Integrity Now. And, and I hope our listeners learn something new. I know I have. And I hope that they grow some amazingly nutrient-dense vegetables, whether it's in their planter boxes in the ground, in their greenhouse. I think there's something for everyone and it makes a lot of sense to start growing your own food if you can. So thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back with another show soon. 